Welcome to Hack to Start, a podcast focused on interesting people and the innovative ways they achieve success. I'm Franco Variano. And I'm Tyler Copeland. Each week we speak with a new guest about how they created, hacked, and hustled their way to the top and distill their insights and experiences for you. The path to success isn't always linear. Hack, start, and repeat. This episode is brought to you by Breather. Find beautiful, practical spaces that you can reserve on the go. Ghost, a simple, powerful publishing platform that allows you to share your story with the world. And SoundCloud. Hear the world's sounds. You're listening to episode 45 of Hack to Start. This episode features Dustin Henderlong, the VP of Digital at Threadless. Tyler and I wanted to invite Dustin onto the show to share his insights and experiences as an entrepreneur building and growing Threadless. With a background in acting and photography, Dustin has always been interested in technology. He joined Threadless to lead partnerships for several years before becoming the first employee at Snapjoy, which was later acquired by Dropbox. Dustin then returned to Threadless as VP of Digital and has been helping drive innovation since then. This is an amazing episode you won't want to miss, so let's get to it. Hey, Dustin. Thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So let's start things off by getting to know a bit about yourself. Where are you from? What did you study? And how did your passion for entrepreneurship develop? Yeah, so I grew up in northwest Indiana uh, amidst cornfields. I went to Indiana University Bloomington and ironically studied acting and psychology. I did take some HTML and CSS courses. They were not my focus by any means. Um, And I uh, I really loved thinking about the way that people thought, and I also really loved acting. Um, I also really loved technology, and it wasn't mm-hmm. something that I really thought I would pursue when I was in college, actually. Um, I also grew up uh, with a family photography business in my family, so I think as soon as I could talk, they had me working. Got <laughs> to see a lot of the, um, the inner workings of a business and just some of the fun challenges there, but also how rewarding it was to, to get that job done and, and pay everybody and, and hang out. Um, I then moved uh, to New York City uh, after college, and I worked for another family business called Space Design, and I had a really crazy job where I was in charge of uh, installing and building those crazy animatronic Christmas windows you see at like Macy's and Saks Fifth Avenue. No way. Yeah, I was a union carpenter at that point, uh, mm-hmm. so it's it's been an interesting road. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I really I've I've really been kind of drawn to smaller businesses and family businesses, and and uh, you know that's that's where the path has gone. That's awesome. So speaking of family businesses, uh, you know, following along with with Threadless, it definitely feels like a, a family business. So you're the VP of digital there. So just for those who might not know, what is Threadless and, and how did you get involved with uh, with them? Yeah, so Threadless is a platform where artists from all over the world submit their art and then a global community of artists votes on those designs. Um, Threadless then prints the best designs on products and we sell them and ship them all over the world. Uh, we then give each artist a hefty portion of each sale. Um, so it's it's an online platform for artists to monetize their work, essentially. Uh, I got involved with Threadless. Um, the founder of Threadless I've actually known since I was a Boy Scout back in Indiana. And when I was in New, uh, New York at one point working for Spaith Design, he came by uh, that office and we got to talk. And I was talking about moving to Colorado. 
he was talking about moving to Colorado. There was going to be a threadless office there. And we figured it would be really great to work together on building that office out. I was a carpenter at the time and I was working on these crazy design projects. So we thought we'd make a great space out of it. Um, so that's actually how it started. So I started out uh, moving to Colorado in Boulder before anybody else from Threadless and building out a, a crazy cool office for a small team. Oh, that's awesome. What were some of the things that, that you did uh, to kind of prepare the space? Uh, we worked with a really cool architect. We, we took a really stuffy uh, cube office that I, I think some lawyers had used and we knocked all the walls down. We got, uh, we made it, we made it uh, the Pied Piper ideal space, which is like a ping pong table and big open office, great big conference room, awesome kitchen. Just uh, really styled it with uh, with a threadless aesthetic. That's awesome. So, uh, and how did that evolve into into like a day to day role with with Threadless um, from more from a business perspective? I guess. Yeah, it, it's been a kind of a crazy uh, transition. You know, starting humbly, like I was a union carpenter coming from New York, starting this office. Um, I then helped open a kid's Threadless store in Chicago, working remotely, flying out every other week for the whole week. Through that, I got to uh, also play with some marketing partnerships that we were doing at Threadless and really enjoyed that process. So I actually transitioned fully into the, the marketing department, working with partnerships. And then I jumped into uh, regular partnerships, brand partnerships. Um, and then as uh, the partnership side evolved. I started working with the nonprofit partnerships we were doing called Causes. So I actually ended up running the Causes uh, initiative, which was basically take a threadless design challenge uh, where you have a partner who uh, is a nonprofit like uh, UNICEF, and you make the theme for the design challenge about that nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And then unleash a theme on the Threadless community to create artwork based on what that nonprofit does, and then give the profits to the nonprofit. So that was uh, that was a, a big long stretch. And then I, that, at that point, I actually left Threadless for about a year um, and joined a, a YC backed startup as the first first employee, and then came back to Threadless as a, a product manager. And then was promoted uh, to head of digital and then VP of digital shortly after, largely based on the experience that I had working at that startup. Yeah, for sure. So when you when you talked about uh, some of those those early partnerships, I guess, especially like brand partners and then um, the nonprofit partner causes partners, how do you approach or, or how did you how do you approach building those relationships with these bigger brands as a startup? Um, how do you get them to work with a, with a newer or smaller company and try something that hasn't you know necessarily been done before? Yeah, it really is. It becomes very easy over time to figure out what or which opportunities are going to be the most interesting to the artists on Threadless. So a great big massive corporation could come to us and they would want to do a design challenge that has a really, you know, strongly branded theme for their company. Mm -hmm. And that's not going to resonate with the Threadless community. So we may have a smaller company that has a, a far smaller reach and isn't known by as many people. But they're really open to exploring some creative ideas for the theme and what the art could be and what could be done with it. And we've just seen that um, the the more organic that partnership feels to us and the community, the better the art is that comes in through that design challenge. Yeah, absolutely. So you also mentioned that uh, you're now the VP of uh, of digital. So what is what does that really involve? What is what does that the title mean? And what are some of the things you focus on on a on a day to day basis? 
Yeah, the funny thing about having the title that I have is that it's often associated just with marketing, but I really don't, uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, do marketing here at Threadless. I lead our, uh, our technology folks, our iOS folks, and I'm essentially responsible for the website, all of our native apps, anything that's digital in nature, I'm, I'm responsible for. So uh, on a daily basis, that's uh, going to sprint planners on Monday, uh, planning out the week, and then uh, mini sprints, or not mini sprints, mini stands uh, throughout the week, each, each day checking in, making sure things are going well, requirements gathering with different teams. Um, one of the more important parts of my role is interfacing with all the different departments within the company, making sure that their tools are working, making sure that their requirements are being met, and then um, I actually spend the majority of my time working with our founder and CEO to lay out the roadmap for where Threadless is going and then translating that into a visual roadmap to share with the rest of the company and then also breaking that even further down into pivotal tracker stories so that we can be building those features and, and pushing code and, and deploying every week trying to keep momentum up. That's awesome. I'm glad you touched on on some of those points, like like the apps and and uh, you know the future roadmap and stuff like that. Because you know Threadless started off as as basically like a t-shirt company, but it's become quite innovative, um, especially in the past few years. So uh, you know what can you tell us a little bit more about what's driving that innovation and and what are some of these initiatives like some of the apps you mentioned or the newly launched artist shops? Uh, what's all that about and how does it fit into what you guys are building? Threadless was founded 15 years ago. Um, which is a really long time on the internet, obviously. And you know, we were we were around before Facebook, and and a lot of things have changed since then. So, as we've moved forward, uh, we've really seen a need to get into the mobile space. Um, we launched uh, a mobile app with the help of uh, a company called Prolific Interactive a couple years ago, and the MVP for that feature. Um, or the MVP for that app basically uh, was was very pared down. Um, it was minimally viable, uh, definitely. And and the really neat thing is we did iterate over time, and we brought that up to speed. Now we actually have the majority of our scoring uh, happening in that app. We also had uh, a partnership that we did with Adobe just last year, where essentially we designed and they built uh, an iPad app called Threadless Make. And that app allowed you to um, submit a design directly from an iPad, uh, which is something that we didn't have before. Hmm. Um, so yeah, and artist shops is also something that uh, we're really excited about because as of right now, as an artist, if you come to Threadless and you submit a design and it doesn't get printed, there isn't really a lot for you to do with that design at Threadless anymore. And artist shops allows you to take that work that you dedicated all that thought and care into and you can open a shop and still monetize that design. You can still uh, submit to Threadless, but you can also open your own white label shop and sell it. We cover all the logistics, all the customer service, manufacturing, all the, the stuff that most people don't really want to do. They want to focus on their art. So Artist Shops allows them to do that. That's awesome. So you've mentioned a little bit uh, so far that you know uh, Threadless obviously has a huge community of artists and designers uh, and and just people who are who are there you know kind of browsing the art and 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 loving it. So how have you guys built such a, a thriving community? Yeah, it really happened sort of organically. Uh, the founder of Threadless was in a um, a forum called Dreamless a long 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 time ago on the internet and uh, did a T-shirt design challenge just 
in there with a bunch of friends and said, I'll print the best designs and ship them out to you guys if you want to buy them. Uh, so that was the idea. Mm -hmm. And then uh, that just actually evolved over time from, from that forum. Uh, and then at one point, you know, Jake built the, uh, the Threadless website and then that um, crowdsourced uh, model was continued and, and the, the community just continued to grow. And I think a lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, what are we offering to artists from, from two sides? The first side would be, what are we asking them to do creatively? How are we getting their creative juices flowing when it comes to uh, design challenges and theme challenges with cool partners? And then the other side is, how are we making sure that that's uh, lucrative for them? So having really competitive earning structure, making sure that it's, it's more than fair, uh, that stuff uh, really keeps the community vibrant. That's awesome. So as you mentioned earlier, you actually left Threadless for a year in 2012 to work as a first hire at a YC-backed startup called Snapjoy. So what was Snapjoy and how did the opportunity to work there come about? Yeah, that was, that was an interesting time. Uh, Snapjoy was founded uh, by a guy named Michael Dwan. And uh, Michael Dwan and I went actually to high school together. Uh, he lived in Boulder at the same time that I did, and we both really loved photography. As I said, I grew up in a photography business. So he approached me one day and was saying that he was uh, thinking about going for YC or Techstars or something like that for this algorithm that he had made. And he told me all about it, and we got to talking and uh, agreed to come on as the first uh, employee uh, if they, you know, had a, had a great time at YC and, and, and succeeded there. And they did. So I joined uh, Snapjoy as the first employee. Uh, when you talk about roles at a, at a normal company, it's, it's not really at all like that. Uh, I wore uh, a ton of hats. I mean, the whole rack. Other, like, I was doing payroll at one point. Uh, I was helping define the product. I was doing customer service. I was doing all the outreach um, getting us written up in TechCrunch, all of the, all the stuff that needed to be, um, be done, <laughs> really. Yeah. Uh, these guys were both technical, so we had essentially a back-end and front-end guy, and then I was there uh, helping define the feature set and kind of everything else. So in the end, why did you end up leaving Snapjoy, and how did you end up returning to Threadless? What, did it have to do something with the acquisition to Dropbox? And, and if so, what was the you know, acquisition process like? Yeah, um, so the, our team at Snapjoy is based in uh, Boulder, Colorado. So the acquisition process, you know, I, of what I can say, um, we were talking to uh, several different uh, notable companies about, about joining and, and taking our, our technology to where they were going or to where they were. And uh, the, the process was, was really interesting. Um, a lot of really exciting interviews, going to some amazing offices and, and meeting some incredibly smart people. Um, in the end, I, I think Dropbox was the best place uh, for Snapjoy. And it's been awesome to see what Dropbox has done with photos uh, since that happened. Um, when the team was going uh, to San Francisco, I actually serendipitously ran into Jake Nickel uh, in Copper Mountain and we were talking about where things were going and, and how they were shaping up. And we started thinking about, you know, where Threadless was going. And, and uh, we had a discussion that resulted in uh, me deciding to divert my path and, and go to Chicago. Uh, I've mentioned really loving working at, at smaller companies. Um, my email is Dustin at Threadless. 
And for some reason, that's really important to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so in, in the long run, it was, um, it was a, a decision based on, uh, you know, I think the, the internal culture and the, the experience that I had at Threadless was extremely valuable at that time. And I wanted to, to really go for it in using all of the uh, experience that I'd gained uh, working at a YC-backed startup. So what were some of the most important lessons that you've learned by working um, and being a part of several different startups? Yeah, I think there are really two. One is that uh, relationships are, are everything. Um, I quit Threadless and I went to join uh, a startup with someone who I knew from years earlier. And to be able to maintain a relationship well enough to be able to come back after that and build on everything that I had learned before and add in things that I had learned from from new experience, it was it was just fantastic. Um, I also, you know, it's like when I was at Snapjoy, we would need uh, you know awareness. We're trying to to build heat or momentum, and you know to be able to reach out to some really great, well-known folks uh, and get a warm response and have them help us share what we're working on. Uh, that's kind of priceless because you can build whatever you want. If people don't see it, if they don't hear about it, it, it doesn't really matter. So the more people you know, the, the more great relationships you have, the better. And I think the other uh, huge learning was just that momentum uh, is absolutely crucial. Uh, we refer to it as, as heat at Snapjoy. Um, you got to ship frequently. You got to keep uh, conversations going externally. You got to keep the awareness building. Uh, if you feel comfortable, you're probably stagnating. So you just got to got to keep that momentum up. That's some really good advice. So, so what's next for Threadless in 2015? So I mentioned artist shops. We're building out uh, artist shops for uh, a hand curated list of artists right now. Uh, mm-hmm. We're also um, working on the uh, the internal tooling and and some of the the back end stuff to really unleash that to the public a bit later this year. So artist shops is really is really a huge initiative right now. Uh, we're also working on uh, opening up some really exciting new products and canvas types for for artists. Um, like I don't know if you guys are familiar with what dye sublimation is, but we're uh, we're working on some really neat ways for artists to. Uh, to place their designs on, on cool new garments and, and sell those as well. And then, uh, obviously, ultimately, uh, world domination. <laughs> that, that last point is important. <laughs> <laughs> um, where do you see the biggest opportunities for entrepreneurs? And are there any technologies or industries that really interest you right now? Yeah, I, I was initially tempted to say mobile and, and wearables. But I think the, the key bit that I would say is I haven't spoken to a bank teller in, I don't know, years. Mm-hmm. And I haven't hailed a cab in a while as well. And I think looking at the world around you, figuring out what are the really manual pain points and how do we automate that with phones? How do you use your phone yeah. to do something? Uh, solving those problems. Um, I think those are, that, that's really going to be a huge, um, a huge opportunity. So what apps, books, devices, and our tools are you currently obsessed with them right now? Have you guys played with a coin yet? No, no I haven't. That looks so pretty pre- awesome. You got one? Yeah, I pre-ordered the coin and it came and uh, it was super exciting. I've, I've had a really good time uh, playing with it and showing it to people when I go to Whole Foods or wherever and, and give them a little demo and they think it's magic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it doesn't work 
every time, but when it does, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, on the app side, I, I really love Pocket. I know that's not a new app, but it is unbelievably uh, helpful and smart. Hey man, I still use it every day as well. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, using like the um, the browser extensions on desktop, mobile, mm-hmm. everywhere. Uh, Facebook paper has a pocket uh, uh, send to option. So that's awesome. And, you know, I love photography. And I think uh, the time lapse feature on iOS was kind of lackluster, I thought. And then Hyperlapse came out. And I think Hyperlapse is just a fantastic mm-hmm. app. It's that that really kind of does feel like magic to me. So with saying um, that you're, you know, um, you mentioned the photography tools on iOS, do you often still find yourself uh, doing photography um, outside of your mobile device or do you actually use your iPhone for a majority of your photography? That's a great question. The best thing about having an SLR and an iPhone is that, like I went to a wedding this last weekend and all day when it's sunny and awesome out, The phone is usually fine. Um, I had both with me, and as it gets darker, having that big 50-millimeter 1.4 lens, uh, it just allows you to get shallow depth of field uh, in relative darkness, just in, you know, like the first dance of the couple or whatever that moment is. Your phone just really can't even compare. Mm -hmm. So I I think until the the phone uh, cameras get really 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 good and they're really good but they're just nowhere near uh the quality of of uh, an slr i think at this point for sure they'll, they'll, they'll get better quick yeah <laughs> and, and, I'll, and i'll have fun playing with them <laughs> so do you have any last thoughts or personal models uh, that you live by you think others should know about yeah there's two and they may sound a little bit cheesy one is that uh everything changes that's just that's a, a mantra that kind of live with uh, on a daily basis, literally no matter what you're doing uh, right now, it may feel uh, solidified and strong and, and like it'll never change, but it inevitably will. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the easier time you have with that change, the better um, to not kind of face that with fear. That's super important. And the other one is uh, consistency is integrity. Um, I really, you know, anytime you do anything that people notice, there's going to be haters, uh, there's going to be competition. And I think really the best thing to do is be consistent. And over time, with consistency, just never wavering, uh, you kind of, you prove who you are, you stay true to yourself and haters can hate, but you're, you're going, you're going for it on an even keel. That's awesome. That's that that completely resonates with me. So uh, I think that I think that's about it. Uh, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us today, Dustin. It was amazing to have you on the show. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Great to chat. Well, that's about it for this episode of Hack to Start. You can find all the important links beneath the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Hack to Start and sign up for our newsletter to know about all the latest episodes, behind the scenes content, and more. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.